Meet Megan. Hi. A professional wedding photographer and professional wedding planner, Emily. Hey there. Together with 20 years experience in planning, designing and shooting all things wedding, they'll discuss how it's so much more than pretty pictures and a fun party. Welcome to Wedding Therapy, a podcast exploring why it is that weddings bring out the best and worst in people and how to navigate relationships and conflicts during the wedding planning process and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Wedding Therapy Podcast. That's your host, Emily Sutherland. And that's your other host, Megan Lubeck. Today's guest is very special to me. <laughs> um, we've actually known each other for a very long time, uh, starting with church and then both of us becoming photographers. And then... Was that at the same time when you guys uh, started? Let's be clear. Megan taught me how to be a photographer. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I carried her bags. Oh, you should probably introduce me. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. So then she was my slave. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so yes, then I kind of mentored her. And now she's a therapist, which is why we invited her here today. Um, actually, maybe more like twofold because she would have an insight into the wedding mm -hmm. world, but then also therapy, which is 100%. literally <laughs> everything we love. I know. Um, she's like our dream guest. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, I like that. <laughs> and her name is Whitney, and I'm so happy she's here. So thank you Yay. for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? I'd actually really love if you maybe commented a little bit on both of your um, careers and just how sure. they interact with each other or don't mm -hmm. or when you started what yeah. all the things yeah um so I am a marriage and family therapist um which I've been doing since 2014 so you know a little a little young but um kind of right on uh it's so cool to be a therapist now because now people are kind of taking away the stigma of like we don't do therapy or we don't talk right. about it so um, I think it's cool that culture seems to be kind of coming along with uh, mental health. So, um, yeah, so I am a marriage and family therapist. Um, and as well, along those lines, um, I have been doing wedding photography since about 2011, but that's kind of my side hustle. Um, so that's something that, um, like I said, I learned from Megan. Um, that's original. so fun. I had no idea. <laughs> <It's> funny. <laughs> I like carried her bags around and then she's like, you know, I, you can shoot. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll help you out. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, so I think kind of where those two worlds come together is um, I don't do weddings as often anymore. But when I do, um, I think just being a part of someone's like biggest day ever just still, like, I don't know, that just doesn't really ever wear off. Mm -hmm. Um and I think coming from now a perspective of knowing what um, kind of the relationship factors behind that and even just like that day wanting to be so present and at the same time like this is something you've imagined forever so you have these expectations and how do mm. you relax and be yourself for pictures. Um, I think a lot of times I get to use some of my you know therapy skills of helping people just be present in the moment. I like, was just gonna ask yeah. that. That's I don't think, I mean, we talked about this, how she was a therapist and a photographer, but I didn't even think about helping people be present and mm -hmm. like calm and mm -hmm. yeah. having the tools for that. 
Yeah, I'm just making stuff up. I feel like I'm like, oh, so. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy. I feel like, you know, someone puts a camera on me and I get awkward. Um, I think oh, everyone yeah. has that experience. Um, so I think have, like what I the gift that I want to give couples is I want them to look at their photos and feel like I felt like me in that picture and mm-hmm. I was being me and I wasn't like posing in this way, but we were just being us and being very present mm-hmm. with that. So I, love that. Um, I guess I have this dream. My dream would be to do kind of couples therapy and have like the culmination of your therapy be like a photo shoot that you could take <gasps> home with you to remember that. So that is that. my <laughs> mm-hmm. long-term dream about how to bring those two pieces together. Mm-hmm. So, Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Yeah. I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> this is like you, me, sidebar oh. after this. I have okay. an idea. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I, like this. I know. Well, I started um, a blog series on my blog called Tasteful Wellness mm. and just kind of like interviewing professionals outside of the wedding industry because mm. I see so many couples struggling mm. with a, a myriad of things. A lot of them are relational. Mm. And so I'm just their wedding planner, you know. So I, I have a lot of thoughts, but I, I'm mm. not their financial planner. I'm mm. not their physician. I'm not their nutritionist. I'm not their therapist. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying. I, I'm i kind of just sick of the wheel of our industry mm. of writing content that's like uh, the top five colors for spring 2019 weddings or <laughs> the best DIYs to incorporate into your you know, mid-century modern wedding. Like, there's enough of that. Mm. So I was like, I, I want to build content centered around wellness, mm. recognizing that I'm not <laughs> the expert for it. Mm. Um, and so I've been toying with the idea with events. And yeah, anyways. Ooh. Has nothing to do with this, <laughs> but kind of. Anyways, I, I think that's genius. And you should Ooh. do it. Okay. Slash yesterday. Emily approved. I love it. Anyways, also I'm... Re- I don't have a voice, so I apologize. We told her she I just sound sounds like, like sexy man. Phoebe from Friends, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't hear the Phoebe part. Oh, yeah, she oh, brought that up. But I love Friends, oh, yeah. so I know all the references. Yes, Guess and the smelly cat. Yes, <laughs> and all her mood lighting is, and she, <laughs> and then she's desperately trying to get sick again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So true. Yeah. Anyways, okay, tell us more about you and all the things you're doing. Yeah, um, so I guess at the moment, um, currently I'm doing therapy with foster kids and foster families, um, which is not always the most um, uplifting environment to be in. There's, I think there are some you know, pretty magical moments of seeing healing and restoration, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, so I'm kind of in the thick of that, kind of on the battlegrounds of that right now, but um, going to be opening my private practice in the end by the end of the year so that's kind of oh my gosh I'm so excited for you very excited so if you're in Santa Clarita and near the end of the year you're looking for a therapist feel free shout out SCV okay you mentioned how today kind of the stigma of therapy is Mm -hmm. not what it used to be we talk about that all the time on here but when you were going to school Mm -hmm. I imagine it wasn't the case so Mm. what led to you I mean I I didn't know anyone who was doing that in college yeah, it wasn't. I it actually I have this very vivid memory of um, being in high school and telling my pre-calc teacher that I wanted to be a therapist, that I, you know, I, I wanted to do psychology, that I thought that was interesting. And they're like, no, like that is like, that's not like scientific. Like, why would you want to, you know, so very much like, why would you want to do that? Like, that doesn't make any oh sense. My gosh. Um, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm not doing that. 
Um, so wow. I show okay, up. Okay, pause for one second. Yes. Can we just talk about how important just teachers are and words are and the fact that that essentially kind of derailed you for a little bit like mm-hmm. that one comment of somebody basically being like that's dumb like not you know and not so many words yeah. and like mm-hmm. wow so like I don't know I'm just sitting here like I need to be so way true. more careful about what I say to people go ahead yeah. <laughs> no I think it makes sense I think a lot of times I mean I think all of I'm sure we'll get into this later yeah. but I think all of us can say a sentence um, that someone has said to us that we just never forget. It kind mm-hmm. of rings over and over, mm-hmm. um, which will probably come up later mm-hmm. when we talk. But mm-hmm. um, that's I'm such scared. a normal thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, words are powerful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I was like, okay, I guess, you know, like that's not respectable. I guess I'm not doing that. Um, but uh, had a real passion for um, kind of the neuropsych part of it. So I ended up doing, I majored in biology in uh, undergrad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I le- legitimately like changed my major oh my um, plans. And uh, so it was kind of going with like, well, like I know I want to be involved in healing. So maybe I'll just be, you know, the body. Like I'll, I'll kind of, I was looking at being a nurse practitioner. Oh, um, okay. And then through a very crazy series of events, um, I was a resident assistant in in college, so I was meeting with people every week, um, and they kind of were sharing about their lives, um, and I loved that. There was something about that that I'd never experienced before, of having like a floor full of girls that I got to hear each one of their stories Mm -hmm. over the course of a year. Um, And I was like, I really like this, but at the same time, it's like not using, you know, my degree right you know it wasn't like like, um something that was maybe seen as respectable or like dignified um and I was minoring in psychology and I think it was just one of those crazy situations where um finances fell through uh and I had to graduate early and the only way to do that was for me to flip-flop my major and my minor so no way isn't that nuts that's so nuts yeah in order for you to graduate early all you had to do was flip them yeah because there were certain classes that were only available at certain times of the year um okay so it was the only way for me to you know save enough money to finish uh my undergrad okay and so i think having done that and taking more classes in psychology i'm like oh my word like this is perfect like being into psychology is marrying um, the relational with the biological. Yeah. And those two things are so incredibly interdependent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that really fascinating. And even today, you know, um, therapists now are realizing how our body somatically yes. is so incredibly tied <laughs> to our, um, our physical health. You know, we are finding that there are neural networks around our gut. So when you say you have a gut feeling... It's, it's real life. life. You have neurons around your gut that give you a sense. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we know that our gut health, our gut bacteria, like all of that is so related to depression um, and anxiety. Oh. So I I am super excited to be a part of this field right now. It's just, honestly, I could go on and on and on. Every day I'm reading new stuff, and mm-hmm. I bring that in with my clients the very next session because mm-hmm. it's just so cool. up and coming. So I love my job. Is there mm. a lot of... A- additional education you're you're kind of on your own to do just because mm-hmm. I mean it sounds like there's new stuff being discovered all the time yeah. so it's up to you to stay on top of all right. of that yeah I mean I think um yeah I think 
different people do it differently. I think for me, I'm like, I'm a learner. Like, I think that's something I'm looking actually going to probably be going back to get my doctorate. So that's exciting. Um, so I think part of it is um, keeping up with what people are publishing, what people are reading. Um, I mean, it just feels like every time I turn around, there's um, like a new study that I can literally walk in with my client the very next session and be like, you're not crazy when you have pain in your side and you're saying that reminds you of this event. Like that's, you know, been proven. Like wow. we recently found out and shut me up if I'm talking too much. I'm obsessed. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we need to make three and four episodes. This is not I enough. Know. Keep, <laughs> keep going. But like we, there's a, a research study that showed that trauma is now passed not only through, you know, our behavior. So how our parents respond to us from their own trauma, but um, our trauma is passed genetically um, because oh my gosh that crazy and it kind of makes a lot of sense yes if, you know looking at people's lives but um, because the way our you know there's something called epigenetics which essentially is um, there's these hormones in our body our body has these different responses to you know, stress or happiness anything you feel and that's gonna like almost be a switch that's gonna flip genes on and flip genes off. So um, if we're doing things to flip genes on, that is going to you know, pass along that kind of information to um, our children. So, um, yeah, wow. I mean, it's just incredibly fascinating. That to is see. so fascinating. Yeah. Do you think that because you're I'm assuming you are good at it because <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to study biology in college, um, no, me even though you didn't end up majoring it, mm-hmm. you had to I'm sure you had a knack for it. Do you think that having that foundation in biology gives you kind of that edge? Oh for... my gosh, totally. Well, and I'm because I don't know many nerd. psychologists <laughs> who are like, oh yeah, I almost became a nurse practitioner, or I don't know, maybe there are more, but it seems like a really unique combo. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, like I was kind of explaining earlier, it, it seemed like that was two things that never would go together. Right. You know, like there's science or there's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think we're just finding that those don't, dichotomies just don't exist. Yeah. Um, there's an author, Dan Siegel, um, who I'm obsessed with, and he kind of talks about how he feels like every human on the planet Every citizen of this earth has the right to know how their brain like is structured and how it functions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I really agree because if you're if you're functioning only on those lower levels, more your survival levels, which are mm-hmm. you know the, near the base of your skull, um, those you know just breathing, eating, you know fight, flight, or freeze, and you're never using these higher functions up in your prefrontal cortex, which is right behind your forehead. Um, you're not going to self-actualize. So it's like, where are you functioning? Are you functioning out of your trauma and looking to fight, flight, or freeze? Or are you able to do kind of what you were meant to do, which was, which is essentially being able to use all these things that you're learning and bringing into life and balance them so you're not just responding out of fear. Um, wow. So. Yeah, I love that. I just, again, feel <laughs> like I'm speechless I'm just trying to figure I'm just processing sorry (laughs) like like I have to talk now and do things um (laughs) thank you I really actually would love to do a now that you're bringing it up an episode Mm. specifically on the mind-body connection Mm. if you want oh my gosh because I'm I'm like sitting here like okay 
Either we're going to do that this episode and this is just what it's going to turn into, or we can do another one. I know. For a second, I was like, wait, is this the love language? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, can we switch it? (laughs) No, no, no. I want to do love languages. Yeah. Yeah. But let's put a pin in mind-body connection part three. Sounds good. (laughs) Um, So that being said, when when we first talked about Whitney coming on, we always like to let ask them what they want to talk about um what's important to the guest what you know they feel excited about and Whitney actually sent like a whole list of things <laughs> and literally we chose to talk about all of them I know we were like yes the only <laughs> ones we didn't was because we had already talked about them but other than that like yeah. we literally said yes to all the other options yeah. so we are going to split them up into a couple different episodes but the first one that we were so excited and I can't believe this hasn't really come up more often. I know. A part of me thought about this um, today. I was thinking, I was like, are we sure we haven't talked about Mm -hmm. love languages? Because it's just such an integral part of uh, couples in Mm -hmm. this stage of their life. And I was like, maybe we did with Kara, but I listened back and I don't think we did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, we're so past due for this. Yes. So thank you really for excited. bringing that up. And um, as we said, this episode's about love languages. So um, I think for people that maybe don't know, I feel like it is mm-hmm. kind of a common thing. But mm-hmm. if there are listeners that don't not. really know what they are, yeah. um, can you explain maybe uh, about like specifically what they are? Because my knowledge mm-hmm. is that there's five. Yes. Um, I was like making sure. I'm like, are there more? <laughs> I know. Sometimes um, there's I know more, love. There's okay. Two. Okay. So there's five. And okay. then maybe like expand on each one was what yeah. I was going to suggest. Yeah. Like what that idea. means. Yeah. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the five love, love languages is a book by Dr. Gary Chapman, um, which I recommend. It's a good read if this is going to be such a flyby. So I feel like um, you might get a lot out of that if you feel like this is insufficient. Um We'll so, link it. We'll link oh, perfect. Um, uh, like on Amazon or something. Okay. So you guys can get that in the yes. episode notes. So good. Um, so basically, Dr. Chapman kind of noticed that, um, that within couples who really loved and cared about each other, um, specifically couples, but this can really be expounded to family siblings, oh, yeah. which I think if you think about the wedding season is so key. Yes. Um, as I was thinking about this episode, I was like, there's so many different ways you could integrate this. But mm-hmm. um, so um, he was noticing that, that people really loved each other and cared about each other and were making these reaches towards one another, um, wanting to show, like, I care about you. Um, you know, I love you. I want to explain that. I want you to feel that. And um, and we're having misses. It's almost like there was just, it was like a swing and it was like, like just <laughs> whiffed. Um, and so he kind of found that there is five particular ways that um, people feel that sense of love. That, like it actually gets translated. If you, It's almost like thinking about two people. There's this love between them and it's almost like these languages are just like the transmitter that gets it across. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we can go through the five very briefly. Um, so uh, there's a test online, which uh, you know I highly recommend you guys do. It takes five minutes. Um, the website is just uh, the number five lovelanguages.com. Okay. Um, it's a like a five minute test, um, and it might help you going through um, as far as identifying which 
one you feel the most loved by. So, so your love language, this is also something I think people get a little confused about, is that the love language is what you like to receive, not what you are good at giving. Mm-hmm. So this is you figuring out, I feel loved when my partner does fill in the blank. So um, the first one is quality time. So what that looks like is if you are a quality time person and you feel the most loved um, when you, you are spending quality time, that looks like um, having time set aside in your schedule to just be with your partner. Sometimes it doesn't even matter what you're doing as long as there's quality involved. Mm-hmm. So that could be going on a long drive and having an, an intentional conversation. Something is intentional about the time being spent. So it's not quantity of time. You know, like, oh, we had all day together, you know. It's like, oh, we didn't even talk kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. Um, it's something that is causing you to, to connect um, while you are doing, you know, whatever activity that is. Some people, it's working out together. Some people, it's sitting and having coffee and having those um maybe those conversations throughout the week that you've been mulling over in your head but haven't happened um for some people it is um just finding time to like laugh and be like silly together whatever that looks like so for everyone it's different but um that's kind of in a nutshell what quality time looks like and i i believe it is probably the most common one. Oh, um, interesting yeah quality time seems to be seems to be up there um so that's the first one second one is acts of service so if you are an acts of service person um you do you love spending time with your partner even quality time it's great um but there it's almost like your cup is filled by when you come home and you walk in the door and those dishes that you left in the sink (laughs) are like magically gone Mm -hmm. and there's this you just feel this almost this warmth kind of bubbling up inside of you oh my gosh this person thought about me when i wasn't here and Mm -hmm. like put out an act to show that they loved me um so yeah so that is kind of a quality um a quality service (laughs) (laughs) well it is quality (laughs) it is um (laughs) so yeah an acts of service person feels the most loved when their partner is looking for intentional ways to serve them maybe it's something they really hate to do around the house maybe they're feeling really overwhelmed like this week I'm drowning and they pick up groceries and it's just like you feel like someone is catching you Mm -hmm. it's not just you holding everything together um so that is acts of service um third one is touch um so people who are um touch love language people um really feel that that warmth and sense of connection when they're in being some kind of physical contact um so it's definitely sexual that's Mm -hmm. very important to you know for people who are touch people to maintain you know a regular you know intimate physical relationship you know kissing hugging all that kind of thing but at the same time it's not just that it's people who um need touch need something as simple as like we're sitting watching tv and you have your arm on my knee or Mm -hmm. um, when you walk up to me um when we're with friends you like come and put an arm around me so it's almost that sense of being covered um Mm -hmm. by that physical touch and like oh you're there you're connected Mm -hmm. like we don't need to say anything you don't Mm -hmm. need to do anything you're just present with me um so that is touch uh as well um so moving along the fourth one is words of affirmation which i can say right off the bat i am a words of affirmation person interesting (laughs) me too yeah 
Um, so this one, uh, yeah, so going back to that sense of feeling connected, loved, being seen, being known, um, is when your partner, you know, looks at you and just, you know, calls out something that they see in you, like, babe, I am so proud of you for da 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 Or, um, man, I just love the way you, uh, you know, treat our children. Like, oh, I just, it just, you know, it gives me that feeling. I'm just so proud of you. Um, so really kind of maybe affirming those things in that person that um, maybe they know or maybe they're, um, maybe they forget from time to time, but really getting that sense of um, being filled up by someone else's words it's almost like it's like a treasure they could hold in their hands like all day long um it's for something as simple as like i'm proud of you Mm. or um yeah so i yeah so you know if i do a good job let me know (laughs) (laughs) you guys lots of comments on the instagram i know i know yes well i'll tag with me actually i think that brings up a good point is that you know words of affirmation um Whilst, you know, being told something as simple as like, you know, you look great today, babe, like it's really kind of more of those words of, you know, you're doing okay, you're seen, um, I care about you, you're important to me, kind of that mm. language, even over, you know, baby look super hot or whatever that is. <laughs> um, so the last one, which I think it's a bad rap, but um, it's actually my second highest one, um, is gift giving. Um, and I think a lot of people hear that right off the bat and they think, um, yeah, that's so superficial that you feel loved only when you receive things. Um, but I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think a lot of times people look for simple answers, you know, to, to things that I think are more complex. Um, so I think for someone who's truly like, uh, feels loved by gift giving, um, it could be as simple as, you know, walking in the door and your favorite candy bar is like sitting there on the table so I, I think gifts and being someone who's a good gift giver is you have a really a sense of you know somebody really uh-huh. well uh-huh. you know what speaks love to them um and you're choosing to do something for them when you're not together to represent that yes um, so that is my number one okay right so <laughs> yeah. and I have I have had people tell me that like well yeah who doesn't love getting gifts and I always say, well, it is. it actually has nothing to do with gifts mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. It's I wasn't there or you made a point to mm-hmm. manage your time and your schedule to do something for me during your day. Mm-hmm. And it is to me, I'm like, if you give me a gift, that means you know me intimately enough to know what I love, mm-hmm. what would make me smile, what I need. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, I'm not looking for Gucci belts. I, you know, like that's something else. Um, like I went away for a weekend, um, a few weeks ago and my husband was home, which is, well, it's rare, but cause he's always at the fire station, but he was home and I was gone and I came back and I, um, I wasn't sure if he was going to be home or not because of his fire schedule. Mm. And I came home and he had gotten me a journal. Oh like, I don't know how much it was. Oh. It doesn't matter. But it was just like, hey, I'm so proud of you on your trip. Mm. But like none of those words were said. It literally had a post-it note written on it. Like, welcome home. But to me, oh. it had... I'm proud of you and this risk you took and this adventure you were doing. And I thought of you while you weren't here. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think people, I think people genuinely mm-hmm. think it's just about getting mm-hmm. something. No. And I, I mean, think, I love the journal. Yeah, sure. But yeah, that's something I can buy myself, mm-hmm. you know? No, I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, it, it takes someone really wise that knows you well to get mm-hmm. a good gift. Yeah. So I think those people are really special who can do that. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think as a whole, what to sum up, like I think the fact that love languages are what they are and why they're so important is because you are commuting, communicating your known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like no matter mm-hmm. what the love language is, That's all of them said, are Megan. saying yeah. that. And so gifts yeah. are included in that. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's more superficial. It's just a different way of saying it. Yeah. Gosh, I and feel like you just summed it up. Like I feel like I we know, could. Good job. Yeah. Well, and, and to piggyback off of that, it's interesting because words of affirmation, at least I did this test like nine years ago, but that was my last mm-hmm. one. And it's interesting because I think someone could have the intention of telling me you're known by telling me like whatever. And it won't land with me. Mm-mm. And it's, it's, I feel mean when I don't <laughs> respond the way yeah. maybe someone else would. And it's not that what they're saying I'm like offended by mm-hmm. or it's like a bad moment at all. But like in my job, I have people, um, like mothers of the bride a lot or like the bride themselves or bridesmaids will often come up to me and be like, oh my God, you are literally the best wedding planner. Mm. I've been in 20 weddings, yada, yada, and like every... See, I'm sitting here like, oh my God. I know. What? And that's wonderful. And like that moment is very sweet and I don't take it for... Like, it's not like I brush it off and be like, ew, weirdo, why are you talking to me? (laughs) It's not like that, but I'm just like, okay, cool, thanks. And I walk away and it doesn't like... Those comments don't really stick with me. And so it is like they're all make everything is making you feel known. It's just what are those things that really you said? I forget what it was. You said you hold on to it and you treasure it all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was such a good description because mm-hmm. like I don't feel like that with words mm-hmm. of affirmation mm-hmm. at all. Totally. Oh, and if I get a word of affirmation, it could be a week, week that I'm yeah. thinking about it or, you know, going See, over it in my so head. It's like you're having a bad day and you come back to that moment. It's almost like this grounding, like, oh, like, I'm loved. Like, I'm good mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. I'm walking grounding. through my day. Yes. Um, I This person cares about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think love languages are almost like it's just the car that gets one message from one person to another and Mm -hmm. everyone's is different. And I actually, I was Emily just now, I was like, this is perfect. And the way you were explaining that story about like the, uh, the wedding planner had every intention of making you feel like you are just so like important and special and you have no idea what your service has meant to me, but it just didn't get across. And like, that is not what you needed. Like, and maybe if that same person had got you this gift about maybe this, bottle of wine that you had talked about like six months ago and like had remembered that and brought it to you oh I would be telling everyone in my life that that happens Mm -hmm. that's so true so the journal that my husband got me is literally on this table um, Mm -hmm. underneath a stack of things (laughs) and I won't put it away because and as you were saying like thing I was like oh my gosh I think I like keeping it out because (laughs) I like thinking I'm like oh yeah Andy got that for me it's like a totem almost totally totally and yeah I, I it's very fascinating so I have a question so I did uh premarital counseling through our church 
many years ago. It was a very interesting experience. <laughs> I don't think I've shared about it no. on the podcast. Usually when people say interesting yeah. and counseling, it's like <laughs> yeah. code for, well, I'm trying to be kind, but yeah. it was so weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was though. Like it was really weird. It was in a group. So oh. Oh, we did, have talked about this. And talk- what you said was that it was hard for you to be authentic yeah. about things going on in your relationship because you were telling mm-hmm. these other five strangers at the yeah. same time, mm-hmm. and which, we, yeah, was not the best way to go about that. No, mm-hmm. and we were in a unique group in that I think of the, like, seven couples, we were one of two who this was our first marriage. Oh, that's so, a totally different environment. Yes. Totally. And, <laughs> yes. like, says so the therapist. Like, no judgment. Like, that's incredible. I'm there. They're probably, but like, talk far about better a way to forward. freak you out, you know? Well, and also just, like, the issues they were dealing with were totally just not different. even on our radar. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I digress. So, when we were taught the love languages, um, I was told that. Uh, when you take the test and you get the ranking, that we were told that everyone is all of them mm-hmm. because it's these are the ways in which you share and express love. It's just which ones hold the mm-hmm. most value. Mm-hmm. But they told us that, like for me, if I if gift giving is number one, which it was, they said that is how I will default yes. to show love yes. as well. That mm-hmm. is the biggest challenge mm-hmm. I think of love languages mm-hmm. is. Because it's, it's like you have this sense of like, I care about this person. I want them to know. And a lot of times it's just this miss of, yeah. you know, I think you're going to feel really cared about if we like spend all day together and like go to see this, I don't know, play that we haven't seen. But mm-hmm. if you're a gifts person, like that's going to be great, but it's not going to be that grounding, tank filling, like mm-hmm. connecting kind of thing. So earlier you said it's uh, the love languages are typically how you respond to receiving. Mm-hmm. But would you say it goes both ways or no? Yeah, or is I mean, that kind of person to person? Um, that's a good question. I, I think the point you made earlier stands stands here in the sense that, you know, if it's if it's the way you receive, it's going to be the most logical for you to try to give back. Yeah. Because it makes the most sense yes. to you. Yeah. You're trying to project... Um, this is your understanding of how love works. Right. And so it makes right. sense that you'd be yeah. like, oh, well, this is just how, this is how people feel yeah. loved. I imagine it's like, like it's legitimately like languages. You might be mm-hmm. fluent in Spanish, but you'll probably dream in English if you speak, if English is your first language, for example. Totally. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that it's not the warm and fuzzy part of love. It's right. the like, you know, we're in it to win it. Like I, yeah. you know, will make this effort even if it feels like, you know, riding a bike backwards. Um, <laughs> and I do that's that because I love you and I want to show you. Right. Um, so I think that's where couples just miss each other. The heart is there. The intention is there. Um, a lot of times it's just this, you know, ships in the night kind of thing. Well, and I imagine there's an unintentional resentment that goes along with it because, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but if I, if gift giving is my number one, and I want to show my partner that I love them. So my default is I'm going to get them this fun surprise gift, whatever. And I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then it, it flops. It flops. <laughs> then it's like, well, something's wrong with you because mm-hmm. I did this good right. thing. Right. And I could see. Or the other way. So anger outside or anger inside of like, well, oh, like man, she doesn't get I just, me. I didn't do it good enough. Oh, or, you true. Know, oh, yeah. Well, either way, like yeah. all the ways around. Everyone at the end of the day, I think it's hurt. And it's so yeah. sad because it's not like the heart isn't there. Mm-mm. Right. But 
Yeah. Anyways, uh, that was a great description. I I needed a refresher because <laughs> the ones that are not my go tos, I kind of forget. Which like the so words normal. of affirmation one, I'm like, what is that again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not probably good at giving it, so that's probably something I should <laughs> <work>. <laughs> Anyways. So actually, I'm. it's interesting because I didn't know about your major and biology and all that stuff like when I wrote this question, but mm. now that I know it, now I'm kind of more excited about it, so I hope it doesn't scare <laughs> you. Um, but I had written, I was curious because I'm, I'm all about the relational – uh, feel good or emotional side of things more than the biological side mm-hmm. of things, like in what I love about psychology and therapy and things like that. Um, but it did cross my mind of like, oh, I wonder if there's actually like scientific evidence to kind of back up what mm-hmm. we're discussing. And so that was like something I'd written down. And so I said, is there scientific evidence to support love languages influence on relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, like, do you know what evidence or studies and have you studied them? And I'm mm-hmm. like hoping that maybe mm-hmm. with your like background or things that you enjoy that maybe this has come up in some of your I'm gonna disappoint you here no (laughs) it's okay though okay um it's gonna be one of those um no and yes kind of uh, okay so um the no part of the answer is that there isn't really like a study that you know backs up that you know love languages you know scientifically are present and we know they're present and that they exist consistently throughout time in fact I tend to see people's shift based off of different seasons in their life Yes. Okay. Sorry. Actually, that was you another question. Their I was faces. Ask. They just went like, oh. Yeah, because that actually crossed my mind earlier. Was wondering if people change because I was like, I wonder if we took the test now because I also took mine mm-hmm. years ago, and oh, I was like, I wonder if it would have changed, which is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. I. I mean, that's so. I'm. This is coming from a non-scientific place. Okay. I, for, at least from what I've seen, it seems to shift with different seasons in life. You know, there's totally different ways you're going to feel loved when you have a newborn mm-hmm. than oh, when you're engaged true. and yeah. you're planning a wedding and things are super stressful. And then all of a sudden, your fiance shows up with your Starbucks when you're just about to lose it. Like that's going to be two totally different. Than needs. waking up in the middle of the night to feed the baby. Yeah, like an act of service yeah. then is going to be a totally right. different experience. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So I don't. That, I guess that's my gut feeling on it. But um, which is scientific. Which is scientific. <laughs> so in a way, oh, <laughs> that was good. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> so good. Um, but as far as there is a scientific part here, I think that I would bring in. Um, and probably one of my biggest areas of interest is an attachment theory. Well, does that have anything to do with the book Attached? Because that's the one that I've read that talked about yeah. it. Okay, yeah. so that's the same thing. It's the same, okay, yeah, okay. It's the same thing. Okay, just checking. Yeah, so I, I, the attachment theory basically says that, you know, attachments are something we're born with at the beginning of life. It's the most important connection we have when, you know, mm-hmm. we're an infant. We're like, we can't function without attachments. Mm-hmm. And if we have unhealthy attachments, those follow us into our adult life with our spouses. Um, and so I think love languages relates to that in the sense that... Well, wait, can I interrupt you? Yes. Can you describe what the different attachments are first Ooh, before I can. you move on? I can. Just so people can kind of understand what you even mean when you yeah, say that. I can. Because um, I've heard you do this like three times and I still don't remember. So. <laughs> it might be. I know we're going to talk about something later that might oh, be better to relate that to. But I can say in At short, least the definition of, of each one. No, yes. is that too much? No, I think okay. that's fine. Okay. Um, so there's secure attachment, meaning that um, 
in particular for relating this to kids um, that is translating to adults is you had a relationship with your caregiver where you felt secure to go out and explore, come check back in, go do things um, in the world, but know that there was like a secure base for you to come check back in with. So you are, as an adult, you are okay with people having different opinions. You, um, when someone's mad at you, that doesn't mean that you are bad. It just means they are mad and you will be fine later. Um, (laughs) Things that are hard for all of us. (laughs) Not to say it's easy, but they're able to make the distinction between that person's experience is not my own, even if Mm. maybe they're right about some of those things. Um, But they are going to be responsible for their own emotions. Um, and that's when you have a secure. That's when you have to, a secure as a kid. As a kid. Fascinating. And then if you don't have as a kid, you can still have secure attachment. You're just going to have to do some extra work. Mm. Um, so don't be despaired. <laughs> um, and then there's anxious attachment where you are super stressed about where is my caregiver? What are they doing? What is going on? Am I okay? Am I okay? Um, so as a kid, maybe being left at daycare was a trauma for you. <laughs> um, maybe it was one of those things where it felt like, you know, when someone wasn't there, that means that they stopped existing. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, a lot of people struggle with anxiety, especially mm-hmm. in 2019. Um, and we don't always learn how to deal with that anxiety as kids. Um, so there's... Secure, anxious, then there is uh, ambivalent, which is pretty rough. Um, So ambivalent attachment is when you have a caregiver that is really inconsistent. They're happy one day with you, and then all of a sudden they're upset with you, and there doesn't seem to be a reason why. Um, And so they experience a lot of the facets of anxious, um, along with, you know, getting really angry or pushing people away. It's kind of like, I'm, people can't see me, but I have this vision of like, literally one hand yes. is pushing and one hand is pulling. It's like, 100%. love me, but don't, or, you know. 100%. So for example, if you had a borderline parent. You are describing borderline personality mm-hmm. disorder is, which uh, is pretty damaging. Um But it's like, come closer to me, but uh, at the same time, I'm going to push away. you away. Mm-hmm. So it's, as a kid, your brain doesn't, you know, doesn't know how to bring those or integrate those two things, so it fractures. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have different parts of your brain that don't talk anymore, um, which is why it, you know, seems so nonsensical. Um, so, um, yeah, that's ambivalent attachment. Then, um, for some reason, the name jumped out of my head, but the essentials of it is, um, like, disengaged. Um, um, so that one... Which I'm gonna have to look up the name for later. It's okay. Which we totally crazy. put you on the spot. Yeah, oh, no. sorry. Switch um, things up. <laughs> which basically is that you avoid attaching to anybody. You see it as like that's risky. Um, so mm. these are the kids that you drop off at daycare, and they just walk away. They don't even notice when their caregiver leaves. Mm. Um, and so, in order to protect themselves, you know, these people as adults will resist having emotional attachments to other people because it feels too risky. So they just say they feel nothing. They don't need anything. Um, So it's a really disconnected, isolated, uh, which is sad because these people are having this deep longing Mm -hmm. that they can't find words for. I need to read that book. You talk about it. I know. (laughs) She just rolls her eyes at me. Um, Sorry. In the best way ever. (laughs) I'm just like, yep, sounds like something. Sounds really hard. So let's just move on. Um, But like coming back to love languages. Yeah, how does that influence love languages? So I I think that is, that's a big thing here, is that love languages isn't meant to fix a relationship that doesn't have the love to begin with or the attachment to begin with. Sorry. Um, 
That was amazing. What love languages are is that when you already have this attachment, this bond with this person, that you know, you've you've truly fallen in love and you've gone through the puppy dog love phase and you've gone through the hard love phase. You've as um your previous podcast guest, guest talked about is having like a mature love. Mm-hmm. When you have that, um, there's already that that bond, that atta- a- appropriate adult attachment bond there. Um, and so love languages is really just the translator. It's the transporter. It's the way to express that attachment um, for one another. It isn't the way to create it. Mm. So that's, that's where I'd say key. the science is there, is yeah. that, you know, this is, if you have that connection, you guys are going to find a way to show each other you know, you care about each other. So I love that. Now you touched on something way early, um, but it sparked a memory for me. And I think this would be huge for our listeners who are in particular wedding planning right now, Mm -hmm. because I'd imagine right now them and their partner are doing, well, hopefully they're doing great. Um, but they're engaged, blissed out, all excited, Um, But the relationships that are struggling Mm -hmm. right now are typically parents, siblings, Mm -hmm. friends, for a whole mess of reasons. Reasons. Um, (laughs) And it's so funny because in this weird, quote-unquote, interesting premarital that I did, (laughs) um, while me and my husband were doing the love language thing, uh, I've known him since I was 10. So mm. it was pretty, I mean, I could have guessed what his top three were and been right. And he would have guessed mine. And we would have both been like, yeah, I know yours. And I know yours are not mine. But in my young, immature, 24 year old self, we kind of had like already figured that out. What I found so fascinating was I saw... Um, elements in family members when when we were getting like the explanations Mm -hmm. and they were saying you know so if your partner if words of affirmation is your partner's number one this is what this means and this Mm. is and all of a sudden my eyes were open to ways like Mm. interactions with my mother Mm -hmm. and things and and I honestly I've said this before I'll say it again the best thing I got out of my premarital was learning the love languages of my family members because it was kind of like for the first time in my life Mm. certain things that had flopped like the way you said made total Mm -hmm. sense to me Mm -hmm. and I couldn't believe that I was in my mid-20s and just now figuring it out Mm -hmm. and so or maybe for listeners who aren't married or Mm -hmm. aren't engaged and like this is has practical application oh, yep. to every so relationship so. in your life. Yeah. I actually have a story of that. My in-laws moved uh, like two years ago, and I remember looking at my father-in-law's office, and he had literally, they there were like boxes and stacks of like cards and letters that oh, he had like, cool. he's a pastor, so he had gotten a... I can't even think, like countless oh. amount over the years. Oh, like not from his wife. <laughs> well, I'm sure those also existed, oh, but I think they people. were just literally yeah. cards that he had received like forever, letters, things people had said, mm-hmm. and there's stacks of them. And like, I just remember going, oh my gosh, like this is me. Cause like I have, li- oh. I've kept every card I've ever received, any nice oh. note, any, cause words of affirmation yeah. are mine, but it was so, I w- remember being so surprised at the way I recognized that my father-in-law and I have a very similar love language was because I literally was at his house and I saw the stacks of cards. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned it to my mother-in-law and she said, oh yeah, like, you know, that's, 
totally is love language. And she's like, and for me, I'll get a card and I'll just throw it out. I know. I <laughs> and like, like, you know, oh I don't mean gosh. that in a bad way. You yeah, know, they appreciate the first, you know, mm-hmm. reading it the first time, but they right. don't need to keep it. Whereas yeah. I'm like, oh, but I want to read this again. And every time I read it, it I literally have the same emotion as the first time. And so anyway, all that to say, it's very interesting because yeah. I also feel like I kind of realized how to love like my family, my family, my in-laws like or just that side of my family differently once I recognize what their love languages are it's not something I ever would have known or was ever kind of presented to me verbally it was just something I kind of recognized and then you're just like oh my gosh I can love people better now well yeah I think because it takes you out of the equation Mm -hmm. you know because if you're just thinking about yourself Mm -hmm. I mean like with anything in life you're gonna miss the mark eventually and And when you're getting married it's really hard to Mm -hmm you have a lot that you're managing and you're maybe working full time and trying to plan a wedding it's so easy to kind of just get go to your default yeah you're using 100 yeah you're the way you give love normally um so i think that makes a lot of sense but i love that idea of, of you saying of like wouldn't it be so interesting if you had your futures like in-laws or your wedding party even like take this test and know like going through you know like giving them maybe like something so personal for them that makes them feel known and like maybe that foregoes some drama like seriously Uh, i mean you could even be like hey let's like for you know if you're maid of honors like quality time hey let's spend a day just us right talking zero things wedding or whatever you know and the other way around if you know like your bridesmaid and you like know the bride is stressed out and you want to support her but you just don't know how like going kind of back to that Mm -hmm. does she need a spa day does she need Mm -hmm. to talk to you does she need to just you know like be touched like have someone put an arm on her and say hey it's it's gonna be awesome you're gonna Mm -hmm. get there yeah um that is maybe the realest advice we've ever <laughs> said on this. As far as like just practicality yeah. speaking, like go home and do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you're a bridesmaid, if your sister's getting married, if uh, I just think, yeah, I, 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 not to take away from the couple, but mm-hmm. I feel like if if you're starting with a good foundation and you're in that mature love, like we talked about before, it's not going to maybe happen right away, but you're going to get there. I mean, exactly. I've been married almost eight years in a month or in a couple weeks. <laughs> Thank you. And I will say right now, neither of us have had, we didn't figure that out. I mean, even though we sat in that room and we listened and we were like, yes, yes, we know. Playing it out in real life, it, it takes some figuring mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's kind of like the couple's going to work it out, you know, <laughs> but practicing that's a long it, game. Yeah. yeah, that's a long game, you know, but for the people, your family, like right. they're your family, no matter what. And so figuring out how to do that practically, oh my gosh, I think it's worth its weight in gold. And could you imagine like walking up to your future mother-in-law and being like, man, I just care about you and I want to know what speaks love to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. could you imagine the impact that could have on like, having conversations about finances, like these really tough conversations, yeah. but you have the underlying totem of, yes. I care about you and I want to show you that. 100%. Um, so, I don't know. Could it be also like a vaccine? Like throw it mm-hmm. in before, you know, things get intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. which they will. <laughs> Inevitably. <laughs> I love it. So, we're going to wrap up. Um, but before we do, I just wanted to make sure, I have two questions. I had a question of like, what is your best advice I don't know if we've already covered it. So mm. 
we, if you just want to sum up, we can answer that. And also, I would love to know if there's anything about love languages that we missed that you wanted mm. to also add in. So either way, but basically, it's on you to kind of... Ooh, uh, no pressure. Like it. Yeah, to to <laughs> sum up what you think is most important to end this with. Yeah, actually, um, I, I'm all about you know big picture stuff, but like let's get practical too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an app that I think y'all should download. Mm. Yes, is I'm it yours? So, it is. Oh, wouldn't that be so cool? I thought you said. I was like, oh my gosh, why did we not lead with that? <laughs> Sorry. No, no. So I, this is not. I'm not getting paid in any way to put this out there. But the app's called Love Nudge, and uh, Nudge. Love Nudge. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds funny when you say. It. <laughs> Sorry, I just you're like I've just always read it. Now I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, this kind of. But it, I think it really puts into practical steps. Um, it's designed for couples, um, and it has the test on there. So you go ahead, download it. You take the test, tells you what you are, gives you a code to give your partner. So when they download it, it connects them. Oh, so, so cool. There's this little wheel, and you can say how filled up your love tank is, and it, like, just sends it to them it's not passive aggressive it's just information of like i'm 60 percent full and um you can even make goals together of you know i'm going to try twice a week to you know affirm you and that'll be like in there it'll remind you to do it it's just it's like such a great thing because this stuff can become so resentful and so better and this is like this is actually something my therapist told me about um, wow. And it's like such a like outside way that doesn't feel aggressive. It feels like intentionality. Yeah. Um, and it gives you really tangible things to do because, you know, especially so say you're, a, you know, maybe a stereotypical guy in the situation where you're like, I know you want me like to do, but I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> uh-huh. This gives a very That's tangible real. way to That's do real. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and girls are like that, too. It's not exclusively that way. Um, but I found that to be so helpful in my own life and wow. highly recommend that was way better than anything I was expecting. Yes, me too. I have a weird random side question because yeah. you brought up typical men. Mm. In your professional opinion. This is, sounds like a trap. <laughs> is Are men typically touch? Is touch typically number one for men? Uh, it is definitely up there. Okay. And I think it makes sense with the brain wiring. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Scientifically. Like women are like 80% feelers and men are 80% thinkers. Mm. And along those lines, like men are definitely more like tactile physical um, mm. kind of piece to that too. So yeah, that's a normal thing. It's in our biology. Yeah. It's also society, I'm sure, pushes that Totally, too. totally. So. I've always just thought that was so interesting. I'm like, why yeah. were we designed opposites? <laughs> it just seems like Oh, that makes swap. me think of another question. Ooh, okay. Hmm. In your experience mm-hmm. or professional opinion, do you feel like most of the time people have opposite love languages? Ooh, that's a great question. Because hmm. I do know some couples that are the same, and it's hmm. like, oh, that's really convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I feel like most of the time it's not, and I'm I'm also wondering why that is. That's so a good interesting. Question. Um, I haven't seen anything written about this. Um, Maybe just because it's more salient in my mind, it seems like people miss each other more than they connect, or they're not coming into my office because they already like it's easy for them to. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, and like they're already. If they're ahead both of quality the game. time, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not going to come in and talk about how they never that see makes each sense. other. That makes sense. Um, so that's probably the case, I would guess. Um, 
But I, I mean, I think there are five. So, I mean, statistically, like there's, there's a lower chance. There's going to be some overlap. Mm, there's too. always going to be overlap. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think there's going to be specificity. Mm-hmm. Like it was really interesting. I was talking to actually the college pastor at our church. Mm. And I, I was telling him about, you know, I've got this like podcast coming up. And I asked him, um, you know, do you know what your wives are? And he's like, oh, yeah, there's two. And I was like, oh, what are, you know, what are they? And he had said, oh, she is... Um, First of all, like acts of service, and she is um, she's Asian, and so he's saying like that's a, very, a cultural thing. Like you serve one another, oh. like that kind of comes from this, this root mm-hmm. of you know um, of where she came from and what it was like for her growing up mm-hmm. and what love looked like. You know, I want to make you something to eat, and I'm going to give it to you. And then the other one he said was words of affirmation because you didn't necessarily get that growing up. Mm. So I thought that was so fascinating that there's all these different things. Like that why reasons. you in yeah. yeah. Oh, we didn't even touch anyway, on that. So Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. one is cultural and one mm-hmm. was like ne- not neglect, but for lack of a better word. Yeah. You it can't have a mom, right? Yeah. 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 It's just day. so interesting the, the motivation behind yeah. love languages. Anyway, that's cool. Well, <laughs> I'm getting that. I yeah. just want to play on it now. <laughs> There's a wheel I know. <laughs> with colors. There is. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so we'll we'll link um, the app, the books that were mentioned, and then um, I always like to ask at the end: Is there? I know you're um, prepping for your private practice, so I feel like we should bring her on as soon as that launches because yeah. that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, but before that, mm-hmm. is there? A social media or a website or something that people can find you on or is that kind of like not yet mm, there was and now there's not okay um, so okay. not the time being um I have some photography stuff up on Instagram oh, yes your okay. photography business yes. let's so, shout that out <laughs> so yes if you are looking for someone who <laughs> is looking to <laughs> I'm so bad at the self-promotion stuff. Um, you got so it. You're I'm doing it. On Instagram, I am um, at Wit Nicole Photo, um, and would love to help you guys connect during a photo shoot. I love it. I love it. And then as soon as you have your practice up and running, we'll have to we'll do a bunch of. You guys are awesome. Shout outs. That'd be mm-hmm. wonderful. I'll probably be like, I need to schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I just love therapy, so I just like want to be in there. <laughs> it's Amen. So fun for me, but not. I mean, I started crying at last week's episode. You, are you done with it? I I only got through the first one. I was like halfway oh. through the second. Oh no, I edited it out. Oh, you okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, no too one, real, too real. This got way too real, and nobody needs to hear this. <laughs> Um, cool. Awesome. So thank you so much, Whitney. Of course. I'm so excited to move on to our next I episode know. with you. We have more from Whitney coming. And if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we have both Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Therapy Podcast. And as usual, we would love your wedding stories. We have some good ones coming up for you guys. So yeah, but if, if you want to get yours featured, if anything has occurred, like for example, at the last wedding I shot, the groom took his shirt off, anything like Ooh. that. We just want to know about all these things. So <laughs> that's just an example. But if you have anything that would made I you drop your mouth open at a wedding or be in awe, these mm-hmm. are, these are the things we want to know. <laughs> um, and thanks for listening. We love you guys. Bye.